Sometimes we Christians make a pretty big mistake in our thinking of the activity of God. Our mistake is that we tend to sometimes think that, um, well, we expect those who are most like Christians, maybe those who are a little bit religious, maybe those who come from a good family, maybe those who seem to have good morals and are pillars of the community, we expect that it's going to be these sorts of people who are going to come to Christ. We expect that they're the ones who are the most likely to respond to the gospel. And that's a mistake. Because who knows what God is going to do in people's lives. And the truth of the gospel is that often it has been those who are most desperate who find faith in Christ, while those who are most comfortable and basically happy with their lives and seem to have everything all together, well, I don't need God, and so they reject him. It's very often those who are broken and wounded and sorely in need of a saviour who receive Christ, while those who are filled with pride and self-assurance come to the conclusion, well, I don't have any need for a saviour. And I know there's been times in my life when I've really had to chasten myself because I've met somebody or a family and I go, wow, they're really nice people and I've gotten to know them and, and I just really like them. And I've found myself thinking... Yeah, I know they're not Christians, but gee, God wouldn't have to do much work on them and, and they'd be there, you know, because they're already behaving and acting like Christians. And even though I know that it's got nothing with, to do with what we do that makes us a Christian, that's the way I find myself thinking. And I've had to chasten myself because in doing this, I have judged some as unworthy of receiving a saviour. Some as unworthy and unlikely to be saved and then I've looked at others and gone, yep, you're exactly the sort of person that, that God would want. God have mercy on me for doing that. God have mercy on me for in my mind favouring some over others and maybe you found yourself doing the same thing. Does anyone else ever do that? Yes. Yeah. The Lord our God is sovereign and the Lord chooses whom he will. And sometimes it will be the most unlikely of candidates. We saw it in this morning's reading. The religious elite rejected Christ while a despised Canaanite woman, a race that had been excluded from all that is known to be holy, excluded from the temple, excluded from the sacrifice, even excluded from contact with those who would call themselves God's people, this is the woman who is shown to be the woman of faith. The Canaanite woman, you see, was at the end of herself. She was desperate. And in her desperation, she became a woman of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whereas the religious elite... Well, they just had really hard hearts. They wanted to have another sign from Jesus. Isn't that incredible? That After all of the miracles that Jesus had performed, the blind made to see, the mute made to talk, the deaf made to hear, the crippled made to walk, the feeding of the multitudes. Isn't it incredible that after all of this, the Pharisees and the Sadducees still had the hide to try and test Jesus by saying, well, you give us a sign. I mean, what more do you want? They didn't need another sign. What they needed was a jackhammer to go to work on their heart to break up all the concrete that was in their hearts. See, there is no cure for a hardness of heart other than for it to be broken, ready for it to be put back together again by a loving God. And so Jesus, in effect, said to these guys, you want another sign? 
He said, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except for the sign of Jonah. Now what's that about? What's this sign of Jonah? That that can be a bit obscure to us today. Well, earlier on, a few probably a few months ago now, we're in Matthew chapter 12 and there Jesus talked about the sign of Jonah earlier on and he says, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay, so the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ um, was a sign, just as the sign of Jonah was a sign. And that's true. If, if you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, well, you're not a man or woman of faith. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not an optional extra for a Christian. And so the resurrection is a sign for us to believe in. And I hope you believe in the resurrection. I really do. But I think there's another sign of Jonah here that that Jesus is talking about because it fits in so well with the whole essence of what's happening here at, at the moment. When you know the story of Jonah well and when you know its context and how it was used by God to speak to Israel, The sign of Jonah gathers to it a whole other meaning. And here it is. There once was a time from about the year 800 BC through to 600 BC, so 800 years before Christ through to 600 years before he came, there was this time when God's chosen people, the the people of Israel, had become a perversion. They had become a stain on the fabric of the world. See, these people had taken on all of the worst practices of all of their neighbours around them. Idolatry, child sacrifice, worship of the Baals, other gods. Um, They become a people who were greedy and selfish. They lied, they cheated, they stole, they murdered, they went into prostitutes, they committed adultery. These people, they were acting as if either God didn't exist or God didn't care. They were just a law unto themselves just completely disregarded God's law. And God warned them through his prophets over and over and over again. He sent prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet with exactly the same message, repent. Change your ways. Stop doing this. Repent because there's going to come a time when it's too late to repent. Repent or I'm going to send other nations in to conquer you and capture you and enslave you to teach you a lesson so that you never ever do this again. And so this message kept coming for over 200 years. Right? Prophet after prophet and people just tuned out and didn't listen to the prophets. And which prophet do you think they listened to? No, not Jonah either. Jonah wasn't sent to Israel. Not a one. They were so full of themselves. They said, hey, we're God's chosen ones. We're the descendants of Abraham. God will never bring us to ruin. We're God's people after all. And they gathered to themselves false prophets who would agree with them. And they'd say, no, no, you don't have to change your ways. No, no, God is going to save you. Yes, those nations are going to rise up, but 
peace, peace, peace and prosperity to you and blessing. But of course God didn't save them from their enemies because God had sent their enemies. He sent their enemies to punish Israel and to teach them a lesson. And in the year 586 BC, Jerusalem fell. And those were dreadful times. Now, at the same time as all of this was unfolding, God said to one prophet, God said to one single prophet, and a very reluctant prophet at that, Jonah, Jonah, you go to Nineveh. And of course, we should all know the story of Jonah not wanting to go to Nineveh, but ending up there anyway. Now, Nineveh was a foreign city. It was a city of the nation of Assyria, one of their enemies, one of the nations who would eventually actually rise up against Israel. And Jonah turns up there, and it was a very big city. It would have taken him three days to get right throughout the city. And before he got through that city, the king heard about it and the whole city repented in sackcloth and ashes and the king declared a fast. We're going to repent. In less than a day, this godless city had heard this message to repent and heeded it. The godless Assyrians, in less than a day, and yet for 200 years the very same message had been sent to Israel and God's chosen people had ignored him. And the whole point of the story of Jonah, which I believe is true, right? but I believe God made this Jonah go to, to Nineveh as a message to Israel and it's what we call satire. Does everyone know what satire is? If you open up the newspaper and you turn to a, cart- a political cartoon or whatever, that's satire. Um, the definition in, in the dictionary is satire is the use of humour, irony, exaggeration or ridicule to expose and criticise people's stupidity or vices. And God sent Jonah to Nineveh, not just to warn the Ninevites, but to be an example to Israel. It was to ridicule and expose Israel's stupidity in failing to repent when prophet after prophet had come to them. It was God's way of making his point to Israel. God's people refused to repent and were obliterated. While the godless city of Nineveh heard the message once, believed the word of God, repented and were saved. And so when Jesus was talking to these Pharisees and Sadducees, he was bringing all of this to light for them. They knew their Old Testaments very well. They knew what the story of Jonah was about. And what he was saying is, you've been told by God to repent. Do not presume upon your status as being one of God's chosen people. Repent. Do it. This time it wasn't Jonah who was bringing the message, it was the Son of God himself. And yet it was happening all over again. God's chosen people were rejecting Jesus Christ while the godless Canaanites, Jesus goes in there just for a moment and they received him. And the feeding of, was it it the 5,000 that time? Anyway, whatever it was, the feeding of the multitudes there, there's two instances of that. One of them was in in Israel and the other is in Gentile territory and this is Gentile territory 
And I don't know if you noticed at the end of the, the story of there, it said, and they gave praise to the God of Israel. Right? And it wasn't the Israelites giving praise. It was the Canaanites. It was the sign of Jonah happening all over again. God's chosen people rejecting him while the outsiders were coming in. Friends, our generation also receives the sign of Jonah. The God who created the heavens and the earth says to us, repent. The Lord Jesus Christ who has been raised from the dead calls us to believe in him, to have faith in him. And it's not just those who we feel are near to God who will respond. It's those who heed him. It's those who are desperate for him. Something that I've been seeing more and more of in my life is it, it, it doesn't matter what station of life you come from. It doesn't matter your pedigree. It doesn't matter who your parents or grandparents were. It's not how beautiful or wonderful you are or how smart you are. It's how desperate you are. It's how desperate you are for God. And none of us are worthy of him until we're at the end of ourselves. Now I believe the challenge for us this morning is twofold. Firstly, don't ever limit God. Too often I limit God. Maybe you limit God too often too. Don't ever limit God. Don't judge in your own mind, oh, so-and-so, they're far from God, um, they're never going to come to faith. Don't limit God like that. You share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone and you pray for people. doesn't matter how far off you reckon they are from God. You pray for them. Now, I believe the second message for us this morning is do we presume upon our position with God? Are we so confident in our own righteousness that we don't give glory to God for his salvation in Christ? Is your joy in the Lord Jesus Christ something that's still fresh? Or is it just something that's become ho-hum? Is your joy of salvation in Christ something that is renewed every day? Or has it grown old and stale? My prayer is that we would be a people who maintain our desperation for Christ. Don't ever let yourself start thinking, Phew, I've made it. I've made it. I've got it all together. She's all good. Maintain your desperation for Christ. Yearn, never be content with how close you are to God. Yearn to know Christ deeper and deeper every day.